Hi there. Welcome to the coffee shop and another Oregon Music News coffee shop conversation. The 24th. Two more and it's six months of these things. I'm Tom D'Antoni, editor of OMN. The coffee shop in question is World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason. In the shop today is a pianist, a composer, an engineer, and a producer, all in one person. His name is Ramsey Embick. Over the years, I've had some very interesting conversations with Ramsey. You never know where they're going to go. I might guess at what we'll talk about, but it would only be a guess. We like that. Coming up in the, in the next few weeks, we'll have singer Christy Lane, entertainment attorney Peter Von Shaver, soul blues legend Lloyd Jones, and Ticket Tomatoes' Amy Maxwell. Let's talk with Ramsey Embick. Welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. That's where we are. Oh, my God. We have to do this all again? I thought you were recording. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Just, I, thought that, I thought that up this morning. <laughs> just before I said, welcome to the cupping room, that's when I pressed record. Oh, right. And, and, and there it was. We're recording. We're recording. Okay. Um. I'm surprised you didn't say what the hell is a cupping room. I saw that on the side of the door. I'm, I'm assuming it has something to do with brewing. Correct. And unfortunately not beer, but coffee's good. <laughs> coffee's fine. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for uh, doing this. Uh, my pleasure. Yes. Uh, uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> Don't, it's okay. I'm just kidding. What do I want to talk? I always want to talk about my children, but... They've, because you went to school right up the street. Yeah, yes, I did. Um, What's the name of the school? The the school is the Metropolitan Learning Center, yeah. and I drove my kids forever. And surprisingly, I've settled the argument with my wife that indeed it only takes ten minutes from my house to get here, <laughs> even now. Um, and there's no, no, I didn't do anything illegal. I promise. And what was it called when you went there? Same. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. I was the second year. Really? Right. 1969, my wife went the first year. What my children I, went year 30 or something. I don't know. But, um, no, that, that wouldn't be possible. That my children are 30? Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> they would have gone year 12. I'm, I don't know. You yeah. want me to figure it out? No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have a happy experience there? I was completely liberated. Yeah, I was a troubled teen, uh -oh. and I, f I was found. I actually was found by my wife's dad. We were having a conversation in my basement, um, which happens when the music stops. My basement is a recording studio. Yes. So they were discussing that there was no coincidence that Abraham Lincoln was named after the fellow in the Bible. <laughs> and I said, my father-in-law's name is Abraham. There you have it. Anyway. Were you named after an Egyptian king? No, I was named after someone whose parents thought that Ramsey was an inappropriate name. It's just too, too, <laughs> too, um, uh, too much of an attractive nuisance or too, yeah. So they, they changed his name to Fred. My folks gave me the name and never relented. I see. Yes. Yes. I see. Nothing really special about Ramsey. <laughs> I'm not crazy about the name, but it seems to have a nice role to it. Ramsey and Bick. Have you ever heard the Fugs tune? Ramsey's the second is dead. He's left for he's left Memphis for heaven. No. I I got stuck on the Fugs first record and I think there was really only one song that I remember and I don't remember that. <laughs> ah. Uh huh. Was it was it Coca Cola douche or I couldn't get high, uh, or was it River of Shit? I <laughs> I don't know. It had something to do with a monkey. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, come on, man. That's so long ago. I was just I was just reading an Ed Sanders book last week. Uh, it's thank it, we thank thankfully he stopped making music and went back to writing prose. <laughs> Uh, and, and he was talking about he, they were recording an album during the Chicago Democratic Convention. 
Perfect. During that time. Yeah. And the album ended up being called, It Crawled Into My Hand, Honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those were the times where you really wanted to push the envelope. Um, In those days, I had a band called The Electric Bucket. <laughs> and and then we we tried right. to we tried to go with with all the charm of an old fashioned train wreck, but it seemed to be too long. Um, we were looking for catchy names. Um, I'm sure there's other ones that that. Um, there's what, a, what did the electric bucket play? What kind of tunes did you play? We thought band? we were going to play some blues. Yeah. You know, um, we had no idea what we were doing. We liked Ten Years After and ah. and um, Paul Butterfield and. And um, some other luminaries. Then, then we, then, then, then Buzz Feetin joined Paul Butterfield Blues Band, started following his career, and realized that there was more to music than just three chords. Oh, really? And I was young, so I'd better get busy and learn it, I guess. How old were you? Oh God, I don't know. Um, were you I was going to school up the street. No, here? I wasn't. This is before. This is before my Metropolitan Learning Center experience. Even before? Oh yeah, my wow. first band. I think we were. 13 or 12. Wow. Yeah. It must have been the most god-awful thing you've ever heard. You know, it, it would have you know, would have taken months to learn, you know, like the first four songs were pretty easy, and then it took months to learn the next tune. <laughs> <laughs> and then the band broke up before we got to tune number six. <laughs> and, 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 and there's no evidence of this band? There's no recording? No. Evidence of this band. no Would you no. like to have... No, thankfully there's no recording. <laughs> there is recording of a band that I had uh, after the MLC, yeah. but I don't know where the recording is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and there were originals, too. What was that band? Tractor. Tractor, oh, yes. Tractor, and then the band came out with the name Tractor, and that was sort of one of, not the whole reason for its demise, but part of the reason for its sort of... It sort of, uh, what do you call that? It floated away into the oblivion. <laughs> also, one of the guys, we, we took a gig in Pendleton, and literally we were playing for Cowboys and Indians. I mean, not, I mean not, it wasn't a movie. Yes. Yeah. It was actually real people that, you know. And um, the music was rather basic, so uh, the guitar player decided he'd better go back to school, and if this is what music was, he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I was not deterred, however. I Why thought, not? Um, I, you know, it is even as crazy as it was out there. Um, we got out there, and there's a dancer, and she's this, you know, young blackout. She was our age. I mean, she's like 19, and yeah. she was—I don't know why I remember this—but um, she had come down from Seattle, and and um, she would dance, so we could do like instrumentals. So we were doing like clean up woman and I don't remember what else, but, and I was playing bass. So I ended up playing like all the parts, you know, except for like, so there's two guitar parts in that song. So I, um, was really badly in need of a bass player. I really, I really felt cheated in life in those days because there was no bass player to be found. Um, later I found out all these guys were slightly younger. Uh-huh. Um, Phil Phil Baker and um, uh, what's his name? Um, fellow that plays with Mel Brown. Wonderful, wonderful. Dan Schulte. They're all from Salem. I mean, who knew? And of course, <laughs> I just just couldn't be patient enough to wait for another bass player to come along. So, so you played? I played left hand, yeah. Boy, did I. I hated it. I hated it. Um, Got real good at it and and uh, was just really anxious to move away from it. But y- you know, it there was if there was one thing that I was going to say in the interview, it's that everything that you do takes you to the ne- takes you to the place that you need to be, uh-huh. even if it's hard, uncomfortable, and it feels like it's going the wrong way. Uh-huh. So playing left hand bass was, you know, it was really a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, <laughs> glad it ended. Yeah. Did you play bass in the first band? Um, no, we had a bass player. What did you play? I played keys. Oh, you did. Yeah, and okay. and I was the only guy that could sing and play, so they made me the lead singer. Oh, come on, please do not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. <laughs> um, 
I sing and play because at the same I, time. As you tell, as you tell me this, I know that you are visualizing yeah. the band and hearing them in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You boys. Yes. <laughs> we were. It was definitely a juvenile adventure for sure. <laughs> did, did you do it to get girls? No, no, that was never, um, that was never, you know what, I heard that people did that later. Ah. You know, like later in life, I heard that people did that. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, the decision to play music was, it was a, like sort of like a, a, a four-year-old kind of thing. Really? You know, by the, yeah, by the time I could figure out what a piano was, I decided that that was, that was it. That ah. was, that was what I was, that was really what I wanted to do. So I spent my whole childhood trying to figure out if I could, Actually, pull it off. Was there one in the house? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what kind of what, what, what kind of piano was it? Was it was horrible. It was yeah. It was <laughs> barely, barely playable. Was it an upright? Was yeah, it was an upright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then my folks uh, got a um, one of those Baldwin Acrosonic things. That uh -huh. are, they're even worse. <laughs> but um, I developed an affection for it. Um, but not for not for the lessons. Just the lessons never worked. Not. Not. Do you really want to hear this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. You go, you go through life, uh -huh. and then things that 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 people were trying to teach you when you were six, or ten, or fifteen, uh -huh. or twenty-five, or thirty-two, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, right, that's what he was talking about. So I had this trumpet teacher, uh -huh. um, and uh, he, you know, along the way. It, there were people that had figured out that I was going to be a pro uh -huh. and not all of those people were, not everybody's really supportive. Right. Um, it's like the real pros are the ones that are the most supportive because they know that you're kind of part of the, it's like a fraternity. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's jazz or if you make music for a living, you, you really need to realize that we're all part of fraternity. doesn't matter if you play, <laughs> Well, we played when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> You're on stage with Miles Davis. It's still, you know, um, uh, yeah, yeah. You're still part of this thing where you get up in front of folks, and 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 it's for them. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to eventually. I don't think I knew that at age nine. No. I, or or when I was in the ninth grade. That's what I meant to say. But. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought on that one, but um, okay. anyway, my trumpet teacher, he had a couple things to say to me. Um, one of them is whatever you do, make sure you do it the best you can. Uh -huh. And um, it's funny. It, it's from him that I have this, um, this, this rule. And that is um, the way that you're going to perform something. Um, and of course the most important thing, the hardest things to do are, like original pieces or or things where you it's you you're the feature, uh -huh. um, and for me one of the hardest things to do is I can play solo piano really easily in a restaurant, but for me to do solo piano in a concert situation it's it's very very difficult and it's something that I don't do. Why? Um, I've done probably about less than ten solo performances in my entire life. That includes childhood recitals. Wow. It's it's a relatively uncomfortable situation um, because it's a different way, different style. You really have to you really have to just let your imagination go. Whereas if you're playing in a restaurant, you know pretty much that you play something. If you played, well, if you played something that Keith Jarrett played, uh -huh. they're liable to throw you out in five minutes, right, or less. You, you know. Um, Do you, you think know, I played, you'd like it better if you made funny noises? They don't like <laughs> the funny noises. Yeah, right. The funny Even noise. Keith Jarrett fans don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's better when the microphones are set up so that yeah. the noises aren't as prominent. Um, yeah, the funny noises. <laughs> the Earl Garner in all of us. Um, yeah, no, it's good when the piano can be louder than your voice, when your voice isn't supposed to be making a sound. That is really, really hard. I've made some solo records, and among the hardest things to do is to not make sound it actually kind of throws me off wow so there's things i do like putting towels in front of me on the but music you stand don't make, you don't make a lot of noise when you're playing 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, you I do. Know? Yeah. Because I, I, I've shot you, you know, solo, and I've had a, a – a, a, and, and you were extensively mic'd. And, I mean, you're not like – we shot Dan Family one time, and he made the most god-awful noises. <laughs> it was <laughs> – I know that he makes sound, but I oh no, I didn't realize no. that it was quieter oh, it was than noisier like. than mine. It was animal like. Yeah. And you know, and who who else? Um, uh, uh, Murray Sidlin, the guy who was used to be the associate conductor of the Oregon Symphony. Do, do you sing along when he conducted? If you can call it singing. Or conducting? Oh no, it's just when kidding. He was, Sorry. He was he he would make these noises. Yeah. When he was conducting, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's strange. It's like a growling. It's like an Errol Garner. Yeah. Peterson does it too. Oscar yeah. Peterson. Uh -huh. um, no, I have trouble with it. Uh, oddly, one of the most effective ways to dispense with it. It took me a year to learn how to play without doing it. Really? Yeah. And and one of the best ways to do it is to use earplugs because then you all you can hear is the sound that you're making. Oh yeah. And and so yeah. you you stop. You have to stop. Uh huh. Um, no, I I'm bad. I'm really bad at it. I've actually ruined my voice. I have I have screwed up my vocal cords um, because I, 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 yeah, I charge in and, you know, really? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good thing. Jeez. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting that little train of, of, uh, of conversation about whether or not, no, I, I am horrible. So yeah, it's uncomfortable for me to play concert solo, but the minute you give me drums and bass, I'm, I'm happy as it, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm playing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm good with that. I'm good with a, a larger band gets a little larger band can be nerve ner more nerve wracking because you you're wondering. <laughs> I did a, a, a Ramsey Ellis Montuno's gig in Bellingham, Washington, uh -huh. which is north of Seattle. Of everywhere. Yeah, it's quite a six hour drive for some of the guys yeah. and. Um, and and who knows why I took this gig? It was a New Year's Eve gig, and I'm you know it was a fair amount of dough for this gig, and I'm going let's go work. And so I get up there kind of first, and I'm going oh my god, this is going to be horrible. It's just going to be me, you know. And and there, you know all the tinsel and everybody wants to dance, and I can play Old Lang Syne, but not a lot of salsa. So so you know in comes the bass player, and I'm going yes, it's a duo. <laughs> and then. In comes the conga player, and I'm going. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna sound Latin. Yeah. You know, and and each guy that you know came in over the course of whatever it was, three hours, um, <laughs> I, I just felt better and better and better, and 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 eventually it was, oh my God, we have a band because the singer's here, but it was like one guy after the other. It was so nerve wracking. <laughs> but yeah, when you have a, when you have a large band like that. Um, and everybody's driving. You're not on some kind of tour bus. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's enough to rattle your teeth. The management must have been worried. I I stayed away from them, so they weren't aware of my troubles. <laughs> <laughs> it was very effervescent when I walked in, and they just kind of hid from them altogether. How can you hide if you're if you have to play and? And this, um, oh, I, I set up and disappeared. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and poked my nose in to see who else was coming. And, yeah. No, I didn't want to. They weren't going to know. A, they weren't going to know that there was going to be any trouble until the gig had started. And, no one, you know, we were missing guys. <laughs> but everyone had a happy New Year. Well, well, God, yeah. It was one of the best New Year's I've ever had. Really? But, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, the band sounded great. Authentic salsa. People were just so gassed. Um, those gigs are, yeah. I mean, who? Where do they find a salsa band in Bellingham, Washington? You can't. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it was such a surprise that we were. I surprised myself that we were there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, how long did it take you to leave Portland for L.A.? Oh, oh okay. Um, Boy, that's that's interesting. I was actually conversing about that um, no less than yesterday. Um, it was part of the adventure in Pendleton, is that I felt that um, I was really going to end up playing top forty gigs in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it it also I mean Oregon was kind of a lot different then, and um, 
being basically autodidactic. I think that's the correct word. Um, I, you know, it seemed like there were two different places for music. One of them was in the bars, and then the other one was in the schools, people teaching. Uh -huh. And all the people that taught were people that had gone back east to go to school, you know. Um, so I really didn't know where I was going to fit in to all of that. Uh, but I knew that fitting in on the on the bottom rung really left you less choices. <laughs> and nothing like a couple of extra choices. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad came to me and said, why don't you pick out a school and see if you can go? And I uh, went back to Berkeley. Um, and uh, they put me in an accelerated program. And um, I I learned everything that I learned there at my fifth piano lesson with Ray Santisi <laughs> and spent the next three, next two and a half semesters trying to figure out if that was all that I was going to learn. I mean, that's kind of an over-exaggeration. Well, come on, what did he teach you? Um, he showed me that fourth, oh no, this is ridiculous. He showed me the four phases uh -huh. of, of reharmonization. And it's funny, I still have friends that call me up and ask me, Rams, tell me how the four phases work one more time. I'm still trying to be a better piano player. And I'm going, well, sure, you know, I'll tell you. It, it is, I, I think, I don't know if I've, I may have gotten people to understand it. Uh -huh. It's very simple, but it's work intensive. Um, and, and it really turns music into a puzzle. But if you don't understand, like, the basics, uh -huh. you know, if you don't understand, you, you know, the, the reality is is that the way music is composed is like the way that you hear it. It's the most, you know, it's the most logical thing. And then you go to school and they show you where there's music is either really logical and, and puts together in the most natural way up into the point where music is really sort of unnatural. And that music usually sounds really kind of dissonant and, uh -huh. and complicated. Yeah. And you know you can go from one end to the other, and if you can under, you know if you can understand the you know the whole genre of of why music you know some people only want to play simple music, some people want to only play complicated music. Uh -huh. It's but it's really you know it's it's a wide variety of what would you call this almost wide variety of collage mm -hmm. um, that you can almost put on a on a meter, um, but. Uh, so what Ray had was like this puzzle. If you understood the basics, then then there's this puzzle that you just put together and it'll, you, you try it. And if it works, then you use that. Or or doesn't work, then you try something else. Um, Did you grasp this right away? That yeah, it took took me a half an hour to get it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty amazing. I mean, because I didn't I didn't really I didn't really under I didn't know what harmony was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what harmony was, you know, like a one chord and a four chord and a five chord. I just thought they were just notes on the piano. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and you, I learned songs one by one. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't know what harmony was. And, and uh, it, 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 it sort of explained the whole thing in, in just, you know, but that's because I had it all in my head and, and didn't have a way to organize it according to uh -huh. tradition and and you know because there there is there is if you listen to anything you can categorize how it goes you can put numbers to the chords and then just tell yourself the numbers and then you know the chords to the song or you know why you, you know you understand no, basically what I'm trying to say is music is kind of like a closed system uh -huh. and because I can hear all of it um, there isn't anything that's new what's new is is the way we put it together. You know, it's you know, but 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 before that, I would always try to come up with something really cool that almost you know that no one had ever heard before because it would be some really you know original way to do things. Yeah. But there is no such thing. You know, basically, what you're doing when you're playing music is you're creating, um, either if you know you could describe it as a feeling, but you're, you're almost you're building this house. That is that 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 holds emotion uh -huh. and a and a message. It's like it gives you like this picture in in time, uh -huh. um, and of course it's it's musical. Yeah. Um, but you you build this house and the house has a you go for a visit, you know. 
And, you know, you could say, well, if, you know, depending on who built the house, there could be a message or maybe the message is that there's no message. Yeah. Or it could make you feel good or it just could make you feel bad. You know, um, um, I have dear friends who can't stand watching gory movies. And, of course, the music that they use on those, you don't need the damn movie. Just listen to the music. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's like yeah. oh my god! You close your eyes and there's blood and guts everywhere. Wow. Who needs who needs the graphics when you can have music that's yeah. that's 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 that tense? Um, and you can say that about it, any emotion. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't really know why we have all these emotions or why we have all these things that we can do with music, but it just sort of is. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm one of the messengers. Thankfully. So, um, so what did you do the rest of the time at uh, at school if you'd already figured it oh, out? Well, <laughs> um, I I tell people this story and I don't I don't really know whether I don't I don't it's not it's not supposed to be a lesson or something but you know my dad paid it didn't really cost very much but my dad did pay and when I got there um, uh, my second semester. I said to myself, you know what, I really need to spend more time learning how to play the piano. Um, I'm going to go and finish my arranging assignment the first week, and yeah. then I'm out. You know, I'm just going to go practice the piano and learn all the stuff that Ray Santisi was showing to me and um, um, get busy because I, I really needed to catch up. I mean, I really had not had any piano lesson that had done anything for me ever. Wow. Um, the, uh, not the same on the trumpet lessons. But um, I'm not a trumpet player. I'm a piano player. Yeah. Um, and um, so um, I not lose my train of thought here. Um, they they had a, an arranging and composition program, and there were several courses that went into that. And what what the end result of that is that the for the semester you'd like write a chart and then you'd go downstairs and have one of the ensembles play this chart. So that's what I did the first week. I said I'm going to get this <laughs> done with. I wrote. It's really nuts that I remember. Yeah. I wrote Stella by Starlight and uh -huh. I used all this really cool compositional technique. And and the guys were raving about it. You know, it's all in pencil. So any mistake that I made, they fixed it on the spot and played it through twice. And and they loved it, you know. And these are all really good players. Yeah. Um. Some of them you can find in in they're still playing somewhere, you know, in some hot band or you know doing something on TV or something. And um. So at the at the end of the second performance, I says, "Okay, we'll see you next week, right here." And I'm going, "Uh-uh, I'm done. This was the assignment. I'm going to go practice." So I thought about it and and. And I'm going like, you know what? I really need to not waste my time yeah. here because yeah. I'm only going to be here so long. And I really need to not waste my dad's money. And um, so I showed up every week with a new chart. So I have a box of charts. And I learned all of the basic skills of, of being an arranger. It's not my favorite thing to do, but... If you're going to be a professional musician, you've got to have some backup. And by backup, I don't mean typing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or motorcycle mechanic skills. <laughs> um, I mean some other musical stuff that will yeah. take you back to doing what you're doing or yeah. won't take you, back, take you away. I mean, I don't mean to talk about old school stuff, but if you're a piano player in L.A. and you show up and you don't arrange, what happens if they want an arranger piano player? Yeah. They're going to keep auditioning people. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that just, that just was part of the package. You know, what happens if you show up and you can't read? <laughs> and they're looking for a reader. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I really needed to tidy up my skills, yeah. which I did. And, and, uh, and, and I spent five years in Boston and, uh, Five years. Worked worked very hard on basic skills. Wow. Studied counterpoint from the head of the theory department at Boston University and studied wow. bebop with Charlie Banacus. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, studied uh, – um, Ray said uh, 
I asked him, well, well what do I need, man? What, what do, how do I need, you know, how do I get to the next level? I mean, you know, what should I do, man? I need to get my act together. And yeah. he goes, well, you need chops. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's what he said. You need chops. I'm going, chops? How do I, how do I get chops? How do you get chops? How do you get chops? <laughs> well, he said, call Ralph. And I'm going, who's Ralph? We'll call Ralph Jenkins. So I called Ralph Jenkins and. He wasn't Hi, much, Ralph. I need chops. Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> Ralph wasn't much of a teacher, but he had some chops. Uh-huh. I, you know, you never heard no chops like this. Yeah. Um, and he made it. He made it really easy. He, what are what are chops really? Chops really. When you get down to if it, you got chops, it, what, what are what are they? Means you got transparent technique. Uh huh. Means that you can blow. Uh-huh. You can really play. Yeah. You know, or Tatum. Yeah. That would be some chops. Chops, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me see who else. So, what's his name? Uh, the kid that teaches over at PSU. Uh, uh, plays with um, Jack DeJanet. Oh, oh, George Colligan. He's got some chops. He's got chops. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. He's got chops. Yeah. yeah. Who else got some chops? Um, <laughs> well, you, you're almost your reputation can precede you if you have chops. And chops don't really help um, except for when you need chops. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because um, chops can mean that you're just kind of playing all over everybody's other, you know, you're playing all over everybody else's stuff. So that it, it isn't necessarily a good thing, but there, there can be no downside of having chops as long yeah. as you know, you have discretion and you know what to do with them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. no, he, so when you were in Boston, did you have, did you have bands? Were you in bands? Um, we had rehearsal bands when I was at Berkeley yeah. and, um, then um, I got into a band. Uh, interestingly, the person that I replaced is a fellow that um, lives in New York, and he did a lot of the music on um, the the sex show. What's it? Sex in the City. Oh. Uh-huh. And he also did horns on on um, one of the Steely Dan records that I like a lot. The, <laughs> He's a, he's a relatively successful arranger and, and piano player. So I replaced this guy in this band and uh-huh. learned a lot of stuff. Was um, it jazz? No. What was it? It was R&B. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, you want to hear about that band? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a horrible story. Good. Um, we start. I start with this band, and um, the bass player is still a friend of mine. Um, his brother played with uh, um, um, Robert Cray for a long time. Uh-huh. Organ player with Robert Cray. Uh-huh. Probably know who that is. Um, Jim Pugh. No, Jim Pugh from this because I know his brother really well. Played in a band with Jim P- with Wally. Anyway, um, the the uh, was a soul band. You know, uh-huh. We were all trying to play soul music, and I had uh-huh. gone through like t- more than two years of just nothing but Bill Evans. You know, I just was really just cultivating. I just, I had to learn how to do it. I just was nuts about it. But, you know, uh, the run up to that was that, that, you know, I I had my own soul band in in Salem, if you can possibly imagine that. That's hard to imagine. It it is. In Salem, Oregon? Yeah. Okay. Because there, it could have been Salem, Massachusetts. You had a soul band in Salem, Oregon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were playing, uh. Uh, Brent Wood and um, really, yeah, uh-huh. and um, you know Wilson Pickett and, and uh, everything that we can get our hands on. I just saw one of the guys that played in the band with me on Saturday night, and we can laugh about the places that we played and how ill we were received. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the band in 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 Boston. Uh, we we really couldn't we couldn't get in town, so we were all over all over New England and um, and and the, that was the band that I told you last time we had an interview where we had a mob story, yeah. and that was that sort of put us on the map in town. That that story of of the of all, of the band getting ripped off with all the drums and stuff in it, um, <laughs> that was our that was our push to get to play in town and we started playing in town and then the band broke up. Anyway, the band started out with me playing the piano, Wally playing bass, this guy, uh, Abdul Wahid playing drums and this wonderful singer 
who I think is, um, somebody told me that he had a stroke. Anyway, both his parents were Pentecostal preachers, and he had been a child uh, uh -huh. star singing gospel wow. and been on Broadway and huh. and and uh, is extremely talented, but he, he didn't really know how to sing soul music. He was really soulful. Wow. So it was like this project for all of us. <laughs> and... Um, the but for for anyway we just call it Wally and Wahid. Um, for Wally it was too much of a project because I was the piano player and John Schofield John Schofield was the guitar player. Wow. And uh, Wally had decided that you know if we really want to play soul music we're going to have to get one of these get rid of one of these Berkeley kids. <laughs> so, you know. John came to me and I said, he's going, man, I think I'm on the chopping block. What do I do? Show me how to play this shit. And, and I'm going, you know what? I think I'm on the chopping block. I don't know what to tell you. And it, oddly enough, he only lasted a couple of weeks and I felt horrible. Um, we ended up with this guy that was all right hand and didn't know how to play a solo to save his life. But that wasn't what the gig was about. It was about playing rhythm guitar. Um, Anyway, we struggled with that for a long time. They're both still friends. Well, um, Schofield and um, Willie Williams. Um, interesting. What an odd. Just, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, the band lasted for a couple of years, and I must have played Superstition probably 600 times. At least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes twice a night. Uh -huh. um, learned how to play Superstition, and then eventually bought a clavinet. <laughs> Um, and then when I got to L.A. A real clavinet. A real clavinet, yeah. When I got to L.A., that was that was what I got called to do ah. for my first recording session. That was my claim to fame. That was that was how I got in, was that I was a good clavinet player. Wow. So, I yeah, I, I knew all the Commodore stuff, all the Stevie stuff. I knew... You about, played Machine Gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'll play it for you right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. You could play Machine Gun right now. Oh yeah, no, I, I I can play a dozen. I can all of those tunes that are hits that yeah. have clavinet in them. Yeah. I can I can play them all, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you will rattle them off, whether you know whether it's the Commodores or um, or Billy Preston or um, or you know like you haven't done nothing or uh -huh. or or um, maybe your baby doesn't made some other plans <laughs> no I, I yeah of course I, I mean I learned all of that and, and my favorite guy of all is, is is Herschel Happiness from Graham Central Station absolutely he is he is the baddest of the baddest yeah yeah what is a clavinet well it's it's actually a, a really close representation to what a clavichord is uh-huh um, except clavichords um, don't have quite as many strings and they don't have a sound box. You have to put a clavichord on a table. Huh. Um, I ran into a guy that makes them, and he was playing, and he lives up the street from my house. <laughs> and somehow we got to talking, and he brought it over. And, and I said, well, I'm going to show you my clavinet. And he couldn't <laughs> believe it. But he brought over this little thing, and, yeah, it was like it was, it was a guitar that you play with a keyboard. And... Um, it had no box, so he put it on a table, and I said to him, well, sounds to me like it's pretty much an indoor instrument. <laughs> Which, of course, would be the case. Yeah. And not really something you play a lot of solos on, because there's no volume to it. You put it next to a violin, and, and violin's gonna, violin player's going to be pretty happy, because he's not got a whole lot of competition. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, no, it's very similar to that, except it's got it's got a, a, a pickup on it. Um, uh -huh. I'm trying to think if it's got two pickups, but yeah, it's got an extensive pickup thing. It's a very rudimentary instrument, and they're so much fun to play. They're uh -huh. just they're very hard to play, um, but they're 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 heaven. I mean, I, I, I'm it's the coolest instrument ever. So it's it's not it's not a synthesizer. No, it's it's got strings in it with a pickup and yeah. and and a little bit of electronic stuff so you can switch around the sound. I think I think it must have two pickups uh -huh. because you, you know the way they make a Stratocaster go out of phase. Uh -huh. It'll do that sort of. So you get these yeah. kind of really cool sounds. <laughs> and um they're very heavy, so And they've made a big comeback, haven't they? Oh yeah. To uh, much to um yeah, kind of made, really made me feel good about my life. Um, I don't know how to say that. 
Um, it's the opposite of chagrin. <laughs> um, no, um, I got played to got called to play with Devin Phillips, and he was doing all these Herbie Hancock tunes, and I'm wow. going, oh wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, oddly, I didn't consider Herbie Hancock to be the the top of the heap as far as clavinet players, uh -huh. but I went ahead and learned all his stuff on his records, anyways. Yeah. Um, um, I know all all what is it three parts to superstition. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, no, I learned, I, 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 I learned a lot of the Herbie Hancock stuff, um, because we had a plan. Huh? Oh, it's a honer thing. The guys that make the, the, the accordions and, and the, the, really the, the harmonica harmonicas. Yeah. It's a German instrument, which is huh. sort of interesting. Yeah. It's German. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems, it seems yeah, well, well, the Germans, didn't they kind of come up with pianos too? Well, they, I think they were in the market <laughs> early on. They, well, they certainly feel that they 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 invented pianos, but they also feel that they invented music. <laughs> um, I've, I've been to Germany, and if you play Debussy for them, they don't even know who, who, where did that come from. What is, <laughs> they don't, is it that, where, did you make that up, or who, where did that? You know, they don't even know. I wonder if the French are the same. If you put Beethoven, they don't know what it is. But, um, yeah, the Germans think that if it's not if it's not Beethoven, it's not music. Um, but you own a Steinway. Yeah. Where yeah. did you Where did you get that? Well, I bought um, I bought one a long time ago, uh -huh. and and when they were sort of affordable, and uh -huh. and I got a good chunk of money to trade in on the one that I have. Uh -huh. So the one that I got was. It, 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 if the amount that it cost me is 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 more like unbelievable. You can't get a used anything for the amount that I got it for. Wow. And I got a brand new piano that's pretty cool. Um, and I got them before the the you know, I mean they're they're far more expensive relative now to. Uh, in other words, they cost more per dollar uh -huh. now than they did in the. Um, how old is your piano? I think it's about ten or twelve years. And you got it new? Yeah. Wow. yeah picked it out of a, more than a dozen, so it's pretty nifty. What was that experience? You know, I, I, I um, there's a cellist named Zoe Keating. Yeah. I did a story on one time, and she had had her cello. And of course, she's you know she's plays all over the world, and she's yeah. very well known. And, but she had had the same cello her whole life. But it was time to get a new cello. Yeah. And she was trying cellos from all over the world. And she said it was like dating. Yeah. She said it was like dating. Every time you would try a cello, it was like, you know, is this a – I guess she was promiscuous with her cellos. No, well, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's really a curious thing, that the way musicians develop um, an affection for their instrument. I, yeah. I mean, a good, good friend of mine's um, – uh, Dave Campteen. Yeah. He had trouble moving on from basically what he had was a, a student bass. Um, I did record this bass, and, you know, I'd heard from other people, oh, he really needs to get another bass. <laughs> and we did some recording, and, 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 and the E string was like 18 dB shy of the other three strings. Wow. And they'd play the thing, and they'd go, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And I know there's something something that he did, you know, when he when he would play live, you know, with the amplifier and stuff, so that it wasn't so pronounced. But um, he did finally get um, so he got a, a, a two basses. But but you if you watch the way he would carry, you watch the way he carry around his instrument. Um, it it is it's 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 kind of like a woman with a baby carriage. You know what I mean? It's got a wheel on it, but you know that there's something really precious on top of that wheel. Well, um, so where did you try out your the piano? I got it over at Moe's, and I went through yeah. more than a dozen of them, and it took me a year. And a among year? Other things, yeah, a year. Wow. And it took me, and, and also, I mean, yeah, I, went, I, I was able, I got the pick of more than a dozen. I was able to do it myself, but the other thing is, is that I would not have been able to do it if I hadn't had the piano that I had. I had another Steinway. Yeah. And then before that, I had a, a Mason that was really cool. Uh -huh. um, and and uh, the Steinway just was um, was not the pick of anything. It was just kind of the one that was available. Yeah. Because uh, I got it from 
a fellow in Salem. And it was pretty cool. But um, And it changed my life. You know, cause Why? Well, when you're playing on an instrument like that, <clears throat> it, you you can play anything on it. So when you go to high-end gigs, you can just play what you play. So if you're playing on an instrument that you struggle on or, you know, something that's not up to par, there's a whole world of music that you can't do because you don't know you can. So, and, and, and just here's, here's, here's an example is yeah. that the piano that I had, um, the, the, the word that I would say, not the piano that I have now, but the one I had previous, it, it's, it's the what do you, anagram of God. Um, it's, it's been discontinued by Steinway for a reason. Oh. Um, they're really, really pretty pianos, but they're, uh -huh. they're, they don't sound that good relatively. And, um, they just don't play that well. So when I got my new piano, it was like, wow, you know, uh -huh. it's just like this whole, you know, it was like I was living in a, in a, in a cul-de-sac in Salem, Oregon. All of a sudden I was at Disneyland. I mean, it was wow. freaky, but the same thing happened when I got my first Steinway. You know, it 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 um it opened up this whole world because there's so much piano there. Um, there's so much in terms of dynamics and and colors that you can get that um um I I I think it's really a good idea to get the best instrument you can so you can actually learn how to play. You know. So what what was it about this this the piano that you ended up with that that made you decide that was the one? Um. Well. Oh, 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 well, <laughs> this is, okay. Um, I play uh, a Remarque Wade. Yes. And it's... The weather report, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's, consistently, there's three melodic parts throughout. And so it makes it kind of a trick to play it. You know, just, and I, I, still, I, I still play it, you know, since I go at it, you know, once in a while I go at it, you know, for... Um, and it's I'm still struggling with with how to play it better, but I you know I go at it for weeks at a time and and um, but one of the things that I really wanted to do was uh, is 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 to have an ending. Actually, you know what I'm talking about the wrong tune. Oh. It's it's um, uh, the Clifford. Um, I remember Clifford. Okay. And I do an ending that Gonzalo Rubalcaba would do, but he does it with he he does it a different way. With I think he does it with like two instruments or something. Uh huh. So I wanted to I wanted to work that that ending out, and it's, it's like an amen kind of ending, but it's uh -huh. it's 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 like a suspended thing, and I would play it eight times on the old piano and get it once, and I sat down and played it eight times on the new piano, prospective new piano, and yeah. every time I nailed it, just Why? one right Why after the other, it just came that? right out of it. Why? Um, it just the piano was more transparent. In other words, whatever you play just comes right out of it. You know, it's it. Yeah, it sounds like a billion times better. I also the the older piano didn't record very well. Uh -huh. um, I tried at least thirty five different ways of recording it, and they all sounded wow. kind of crappy to me. Wow. You know, I mean, you know, that's the process of learning how to do a solo uh -huh. project. Is like, uh -huh. I started out as a Christmas demo, and it's like, oh my god, this sounds horrible. <laughs> And, and you just keep doing it until it starts starts uh, sounding better, and and because you, you, you're taking me back now. But here's one of the things that happened. Yeah. I sat down on the new piano and got my kid's little fifty dollar cassette player. Yeah. Put it in record and played T for two, <clears throat> just to see if it sounded like music, not to see <laughs> if it recorded well. Yeah. You know, I was working out. Does this sound like music? You know, I'm playing T for two, like because I can. I play basically what Art Tatum does. Uh -huh. It's not. It's not note for note. I didn't do that on that. I did other Art Tatum note for note. I don't. You know, I don't, if I was going to do a bunch of Art Tatum note for note, I would just be doing Art Tatum only. Any <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> more than any more than one or two Art Tatum's note yeah. for note, it means that you're not really doing yourself. You're going to be doing him. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, one's enough. Anyway, so um, I sat down playing it recorded, and, and, and when I listened back, it just screamed out of this little piece of crap uh, cassette player. I could not believe. And I set the cassette player on the floor in the corner, and I was only listening for the arrangement, and I couldn't believe how fabulous it sounded. Huh. It was like... Um, <laughs> 
the piano. I mean, you figure out when you're recording that yeah. it's it's the source. It's uh -huh. you know, which is basically yeah. the musician right. in a combination with the you know their instrument. You know, if they've got a really nice right. instrument and they play very well. Um, like the instrument that I have, um, even though I've got a couple of really cool microphones, you could really, I, I don't, you don't want to say this, um, you could put the microphones outside. <laughs> or, you know, you could swallow the microphones and with, with that combination, it, 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 who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It still sound fabulous. Yeah. yeah. You, you could put the microphones up your butt and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> um, sorry, I, it just came out. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, the, the Steinway is really cool. That's an cool. engineer term. Yeah, what? That's an engineer term. It is. Is it? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a barnyard term, actually. Term, actually. <laughs> no, the, the the instrument the instrument is 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 really cool. And, well, and you must have spent all of your time with a new piano then. Oh, word out. Yeah. Oh no, I wore it out. Oh, you did? Yeah, I wore it out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I wore it out, and I and I I had to get um, new hammers and shanks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wore it out. <laughs> no, it was it was it was a very healthy adventure. Wow. Yeah. No, I wore it out. Um, I was yeah. It was it was it was it was um, it was like a um, I don't know mid mid midlife renaissance or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I definitely wore it out. Um, fortunately, have you ever been to the Steinway factory? No. No. Don't you want to go? I would like to go. Oh, I would like to go. Um, and, the, and there's also the, the the Steinway Hall in New York City. That you know, there was a, 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 an article that I read in the New Yorker magazine where there's people that match people with the pianos. Wow. That's that. Um, you know, and, and there's these really cool stories. There's there's books about yeah. piano playing and finding the right piano. Uh -huh. There's a book. I don't know. There's a book called The Piano. Or some anyway, it's about this lady that lives in Montana, and she ended up buying a Grotrian, which are just magnificent pianos. They're German made, and they're same. This it goes back to the Steinway family. It's just that they didn't allow them to keep the Steinway name. Ah. Um, but the Grotrian is actually the other Steinway, and they're 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 magnificent pianos. Anyway, she ended up falling in love with this piano, and then when she got it to Montana, she couldn't figure out why it sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer to that is because the nearest tuner is in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I read this whole book, which was wonderful. Yeah. You know, her her travails. <laughs> and she wrote for the New Yorker or, or Atlantic or something. Yeah. So it was yeah. wonderful to read the prose and all this lovely adventure. And when I got to the end of it, I'm going, well, <laughs> come on. It, it was stupid. But but I mean, I, if she'd called me or talked to me, I could have told her the answer. I bought my piano and I turned I tuned it eight times the first year I had it. Uh -huh. You you, you got to keep them in tune. You tune it yourself? No. Oh okay. No. Okay. Never. Why not? I can't tune anything on it. Oh why not? Um. It's. Um. How do you say? It'd be like if you ask me to draw you. A picture or a likeness yeah. or or make a sculpture yeah. of something. I'll make you a sculpture of a doorknob uh -huh. yeah. or a, or a yeah. coffee machine, yeah. and then and then you you say, well, that looks pretty close, but can you just adjust it a little bit? I think I want a different key, you know. <laughs> then I, yeah, no, no problem, you know. And then you we walk into the next room, and the next room you got um, the statue of David. And you say, well, I think I think it's cool, but isn't there? Unless it's his his left knee is, and I'm going, don't even ask. It's like that. Yeah. The, the, there, you, no way. There's no way I can even come close to tuning it. Wow. You know, just it's it's way out of my range. Because huh. when it's in tune, it's a completely different experience. I mean, you can have that experience if you have your hands on a piano like that. Okay. So. You have great chops, but you can't tune. Oh, Are no, I'll tune pianos. I'll touch pianos up, but I won't go near mine. Or any oh, piano yours. of that any any piano of that caliber. I won't go near it. Are you okay. kidding? All right. No way. Okay. So you have you have great chops, but you won't tune your piano or a piano of that caliber. No. Okay. Are there guys who can tune those pianos but don't have chops as good? Well, I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know. Because you never heard them play? 
Well, you know what I'm playing? I'm, I'm playing in a band with Brian Harris, and he told me that when he was in Boston, he, he tuned pianos. Yeah. And he plays good. Yeah. He plays with um, um, a couple of bands. He uh -huh. also plays with the Pleasure Band, uh -huh. which will, by the time this goes on there, Oregon Music News, news we will already have performed the Pleasure uh, tribute gig, which I was... <laughs> so you weren't in the original Pleasure? No. Okay. No, Pleasure... Pleasure preceded me. Yeah, I'm the same age as all those guys. Uh -huh. They're they're playing in Pleasure, and I'm in I'm back in Boston, running around playing all these horrible nightclubs in Utica and Providence, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like learning you know learning the the, the skills of of uh, and playing superstition. Yeah, and band management, how to, how to get along with people that can barely play. Um, <laughs> how do you get along with people who can barely play? Uh, you try to find another one, and then you're nice yeah. to them until you give them the axe. <laughs> <laughs> or um, you try to get somebody else to give them the axe. You don't really want to go around firing people. People won't like you if you do that sort of thing. Right. The, the, po the Pointer Sisters, they, they, you know, I complained to them that um, when I was with them, I was with them for four years from 80 to 84. Um and um, I complained to them that I didn't like the way the bass player played. And, and they said, well, Rams, too bad. We don't fire anybody. And I'm going, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but he, he screwed up, and they got rid of him in a wink. Really? Um, oh, yeah, it was over quicker. Than, and uh, fortunately, I had done the research and found my favorite bass player and, uh, uh -huh. and taught him how to play all the music. <laughs> uh -huh. I was ready, even though, yeah. even though there was yeah, – yeah. um, there was uh, there was really nothing that I could do about it. You just shouldn't go around firing people, you know. I know, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. No, it's it, it's like I said. Everything that you do takes you to the place that you need to be. Yeah. And some of the best experiences that I've ever had in life have been getting fired. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've always thought that uh, that. Um Broadcasting schools, the one part of the curriculum that they leave out is what do you do when you get fired? <laughs> because you will get fired. You will get fired. Oh, yeah. It's guaranteed. Yeah. Doesn't because it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. Oh yeah. This I know about radio. Yeah. Radio, television, newspapers, whatever, any kind of media. Yeah. It does not matter how good you are. Yeah. This just has very little to do with it. Yeah. You know. And lots of times, if you're good, it works against you. Yes, I'm aware of that as yeah. well. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's you, you know it's it's funny. Um, I I used to say that, and and uh, that's been very true, except for until I got to Portland, where Portland is is, is a smaller pool of people, and um, people seem to you, you, you know we 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 travel in these circles of, of musicians, and Eventually, we come back to each other, and a friend of mine described the difference between Los Angeles and other experiences that you can go to work for somebody and get stiff for ten thousand dollars, yeah, and you spend i mean that's not you don't do that in one day that's like months of work, right, right. you're working on pre production or something and, yeah. and then you know you get stiffed, and then um they call you three months later, oh, come on, man, let's go to work, and you go, yeah, well, in Portland, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah, the the forgiveness is not there. Correct. Um, and I think it's because believe me, I know. Well, I'm I'm well aware of that. Yeah, it should. I mean, just go on. I I would like to see a more professional attitude in that respect because this pool is so small. Yeah. And and I think there should be forgiveness. And and if there was forgiveness, then I think that uh, people would also um, they would they would um, rework their plan I, I don't know maybe it's because la is kind of theoretically competitive that that if you do something unforgivable you go like well i better better change my plan <laughs> you know be a, i better tidy up my act there you go tidy up my act i like that um and then people people sort of do it's like it's funny i i i talk to um my friends in la and they tell me um that they're talking to so-and-so and you're talking to him <laughs> and I'm going like, wait a minute, last time I saw him, we got stiffed completely. Um, yeah. And I'm going, well, no, man, he's 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 still 
part of the fabric and and uh, he's got these great ideas and he's got me hooked me up with this new gig and I'm going like wow okay um but here I I I, I don't know I'd, I'd like to see uh, this I'd like to see more forgiveness and more you know more getting out and about and doing doing you know it just seemed like no I'm not working with that guy he's only limited to his own you know I really think that just because someone doesn't have the vision inside of them doesn't necessarily that they can't, you, you know, they can't move from point A to point B. Yeah. You know. Well, we're 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 out of time. Oh wow. And I know I. We I, will do this. We, listen, we have to do this again. We have to do this again, and, with, and we have to do it with the record button pressed. <laughs> don't we have to do this all again? Wasn't that just a rehearsal? <laughs> I mean, with like. <laughs> On different. On, you on, mean you recorded this? Yeah, oh my did. god, I was just warming up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Is this on? Yes. <laughs> Happy trails.